0: The film's lack of blood was offset by one of its most distinguishing features, Carpenter's brilliantly menacing score.
1: I had to do the music to Halloween in about three days. And I had to do the whole score so I could go in and perform it and get out. My dad had taught me 5-4 uh, time on, on a set of bongos when I was young. Bop, so bop, 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 Said just to teach me some rhythms. They're not 4-4 four, four time, it's off one. And so I decided just to do that as an octave on a piano.
0: I've never seen a movie completely transform. I learned a great lesson about the power of music and sound effects and sound on that picture. I know it's true of every picture, but in this film, it made a quantum leap. There's no way to describe the difference between. In fact, if you want to explain it to yourself, try watching the movie one time with the sound off.
1: We used John Carpenter's 1978 film as our creative foundation. Carpenter made some of my favorite films, and it was nerve-wracking to go in and pitch to one of your idols. His cell phone goes off while we're talking to him, and it's the theme from Halloween. And that's when Mm -hmm. I realized where I am and who I'm talking to. Original Halloween basically had a bunch of equipment and one guy in this score. We have a bunch of equipment and three guys, so three times the score. <laughs> we knew we wanted to use the themes from the right. first movie. So before we even got started, we organized how we were gonna arrange it.
2: We have the original score,
1: which was done in 1978. So what we're doing is building on that. The original was done with just my dad working with synthesizers and a piano. So the way that we're doing pays homage to the original and it keeps the feel. I don't I mean, think you can have a real Halloween movie without my dad cody's more precise on the keyboard than i am he knows what's going on kids in my class knew who my dad is and they said you got to play the theme for me so i've been playing that all my life we're building with
0: brand new sounds brand new techniques <laughs>
2: I do the experimenting on my own, and then present sounds that I think John might like. So sampling,
1: old synths, and then John can play them on the keyboard. And get approximate sounds of what I dealt with. So that's Daniel's magic. He's the sound man in this whole thing.
3: We would start And then suddenly
4: five hours would have gone by and it was kind of a stream of consciousness to work with John who created the original and then carry that on to work with David. It's really been a great experience for us.
1: The sound of Halloween is so iconic. The three of them combined to create a a once in a lifetime Carpenter score for us. All right.
2: Yes. Awesome. (laughs) i mean they're not wrong like i mean like i was in the studio a few weeks ago right the the two things that i played on the the piano immediately were the halloween theme song and uh lips incorporated funky town and that's uh that's how i roll (laughs) you know they're it's iconic and i think it's so cool
4: i wonder if if either of his kids though ever got laid to the like got laid because they kind of like you know like we're like oh my dad's John Carpenter and or my god like i think cuz he also plays with the godson so it's like oh like you know and then michael myers shows up and is like Yo, I'm gonna fuck these kids up there they're having sex <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'd be
2: yeah maybe it'd be a disincentive who knows but like i think it's i think it's so great that in the 2018 movie he works with his kids on it. Because the, the thing about John Carpenter, as much as Bernard Herrmann is, a, is an incredible composer and the stuff he did in Psycho and so many of the Hitchcock stuff is, is amazing. Like, this is the same guy directing the movie who's an actual musician. Like, not like mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez. Also, I play some, like, nah. you know, blues guitar. You know, like, I'm, it's fine. It's fine for what it is. But, like, John Carpenter's like, a legit, like, could be in the, the goblin echelon of like people, uh, that, you know, people pay
5: attention
4: yeah, to the level, right? He's, gobbling up, all those, he's it's, gobbling up all those notes. <laughs> it's
5: funny because I think he has actually said before when people ask him, like, how did you create the soundtrack for Halloween? I think he has actually said, I just got really stoned and was playing with my keyboard. He is a big no. stoner,
4: so I actually believe that. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. what a, I mean, listen, he's making a movie, he's making his own movie. He has complete creative control over yeah. it. Like I you know what I mean? And dude, then I would it, <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. You
2: kidding me? Hell yeah, let's go, baby. Yeah, they I'll keep right hiring now. Tom
4: Zimmer though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, wow, we should probably like, talk
6: about that one so, someday. Like there's actually this uh one uh YouTube channel that had had a video about how uh you know music scores uh, in modern times, especially in the Marvel universe are, are just absolute crap. There's nothing memorable not at there. all in terms of music, uh, simply yeah. because they're just like not focusing on uh, the melody line at all. And they're just like in- interested in giving you some kind of like earthquake level experience. Um, and they're constantly like just shaking stuff or, or whatever, rattling stuff through like heavy bass and whatnot. Um, and, and a lot of Hans Zimmer is just like, Weird, um like these experimental sounds that he uh, has to like create some epic soundscape for hey, like, Yo, I, I always listen.
4: tell people everybody, I, I feel everybody like... on this po- we have a lot of guests, but mm-hmm. if you wanted to come on this podcast and just talk about your scars, I wouldn't say no
2: that's probably not know. gonna happen i
4: talk too much trash but. <laughs> that, that's a really good point that karthik is um i'm just calling back to the dune episode where i just did yeah, that yeah. like <laughs>
2: unsolicited rant by yours truly about handsome but, the same thing but it, it's true though like all
5: the uh I, I always tell people like all all the sounds for movies now it's like everything's a callback to inception with like the sound and like, there's not, it's very homogenized now. I, I feel like uh in two and Halloween, 2018, I was very excited because of the soundtrack being Carpenter and his kids. And I think it's something different from what we see in a lot of horror movies today and just movies in general.
2: Well, because well, I, it's I referential like, to like what you love, like the thing you identify with it, but there's also He also, stuff played, that he, he thing also thing.
4: came up with a different riff when she, when the, now that you've seen it, I can spoil something that I wanted to talk about when, um, the when I think Allison, the granddaughter, sees the sees the the lame ass like nerd character's body or whatever, like there's a different riff, like yeah. seems be a different riff on the exact same psycho theme. Like it's kind of amazing that they came up with that. Like because it's it's a sonic experience that like, do you know he was you know he had to be like, you know, at least commenting on the screenplay itself. Like saying like, oh I like this part of it. I don't like this part of it. But then also, like, to have him on the score is, is kind of a brilliant idea. I But I there's, there's something, though, as someone that wants to be a filmmaker, as someone that wants to be a film director, and, like, always will be, like, always will want that, and probably, at some point, maybe will be. Like, I've produced short documentaries, whatever. But, like, I, I get seriously inspired by stories of people that can both direct and do the score, or direct and do something. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that people are able to create these things, because you never, like, as much as you want to say, oh, I'm gonna plan for this. I'm gonna plan for all of these different things. When it, it's real stories that like at least inspire me, like low budget, uh, you know, movies of whatever type. And John Copper did it a few before doing this that weren't necessarily like what, like he didn't feel like they uh, hit the way he wanted them to. Probably now they maybe have, but like, you know, like
2: I've seen the big trouble in Little China theme? Big trouble in Little China.
4: Like you well, say, that, was that like, didn't. That was, that, was Car- that, was, you know, that was once John Car. That was you know, that was once John Carpenter could grab whatever With cocaine, man. cocaine. It. Well,
5: that's, that's I, I, I was going to say too, Forrest. What's really crazy about the soundtrack for this 2018 version is uh, that track, "The Shape Stalks Allison," which is the track you were referring to. It's just as iconic to me as yeah. uh, the original. Now, like it, it's it's something completely different, but you know, it just hits really well. It slams
2: yeah. in in a way that, like, force what you're mentioning too, like, I could say, you know, two words to that mythos, which is like, dead man. That's just, it's ostensibly Neil Young fucking around on a guitar to the score, and it's perfect. It's perfect. I, a, it's exactly I, told,
4: I told you that I had a dead man poster in my room five years before I ever watched Deadman, man, which I enjoyed as a movie, but my dad, like, had toured Jim Jarmusch's house and came back with a dead man poster that he had bought at the video store. Not from wow. Jim Jarmusch. I wish. But you bought uh, the video. Can I say I'm time. disappointed
2: that stupid fucking white man has not been made into a meme yet, by
4: the way. <laughs> um, so I've, so, I've, so I have two TV? more. I have two, like we're getting close to these two, this two hour mark where I feel like people don't even like want to watch it anymore. So I have, we're probably going to go over it, but I have two more um videos to comment on. The first one is I, wa- I promised JG Michael that I would play this, uh, that I would play something to do with uh, Donald Pleasant. So this is the story of Donald Pleasant um, agreeing fucking with John Carpenter number one and also agreeing to finally be on the movie and I, I don't know I just found this I found this level of like uh, this level of, of awareness I guess of your craft and um, this level of curiosity about the director that you're about to work with. I mean you know like because he, he had been in over a hundred movies at this time. I think it was like hundred and eight movies or something that he was in. So not not
5: just is- not just movies though. I mean, he was a a stage thespian. He had won awards for being in Harold Pinter's *The Caretaker*. Huge name within the you know worlds of stage and cinema.
4: Yeah. So, the, so the fact that he's still in the story testing the people that he's going to work for enough to be like you know to be fucking with them is like interesting.
0: Actor Donald Pleasance came in for five shooting days to portray the shape's nemesis, Dr. Sam Loomis.
7: Donald Pleasance was just an amazing actor. Um, he, he really, he's the kind of guy who just knew the character. Um, we only had five days with him. He was just really great. He gave 150%. And he was like the elder on the set. Those days, kids making movies was rare and so i think he was just astonished at our ages and the excitement um and the freshness that we brought to the process
0: john and deborah called me one day and said to me that they were all set on offering christopher lee the part of dr loomis i said what do you want to do make another hammer movie
1: christopher lee turned us down peter cushing turned us down and donald uh, agreed to my shock And we sit down to have lunch and he says, I don't understand this script. I don't like this script. I don't know who my character is. The only reason I'm doing this is because my daughter thought your first movie was cool. So tell me why I'm doing this. I'm scared to death. Oh my God. And I only realized later when we became friends that what Donald likes to do is he wants to be, he wants to find out how much you want to do the movie. He wants to find out how you, how passionate I am, you are as the director. And so that's his little trick. (laughs) donald his action is he runs and he shoots the shape blows him out of a window on the set i was shooting his reaction so he says i can play this what do you want me to do i can play this two ways i can play this uh, oh my god he's gone or i knew this would happen i thought boy that's interesting i don't know can you play it do it both ways for me and um Clearly, he knew what he should have done. He, he knew how he should have played it ahead of time, which it was I knew this would happen. Because, oh, my God, he's gone was way too, too much. But I realized that Donald actually gave me the choice. You see, he left the decision in my hands, which is, the, I don't know, the mark of a great actor. While Halloween was
0: Pleasance's 108th film or TV appearance, it was his co-star's first movie role
7: the first day we shot, I remember exactly what we shot and.
2: Yes, I remember too. <laughs> I was no the, the as if it was yesterday. The I was, I was, the, the
3: I was
4: not one year old yet, but I remember it very well. <laughs> I was Michael Myers. Friend of show. You're friend of show, Michael Myers. <laughs> I have, so I really want to talk about this at some point, but it's like a long <laughs> clip that I found. The, the original friend that they had play Michael Myers um, who played him in the 2018 one, when it's not the old guy with the actual face, like when it, he's just in the Nick um, Castle, I think Um, he, he's like, his father was like a famous choreographer that like trained Fred Astaire. And every single person has asked him like, Hey, does your nimbleness like as the, the son of a, you know, like a, like a famous choreographer, like affect the way that you played, uh, michael myers and he's like no 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 and then you talk to no. anybody else and they're like oh he was just so nimble and i have like a <laughs> <just> like,
2: <laughs> which is a nice thing for people to say about you frankly
4: yeah, it is but like it's also funny that like they picked michael myers for being nimble in halloween and then obviously like the rob zombie one like it makes sense why he's so upset that like it's a 300 pound six foot, so what like, seven <laughs> foot like, you know what i mean like because the, the guy Mad that he mountain. hired initially yeah. was like was like dancing across the lawn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then all of a sudden it's like, dumf, dumf, dumf. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, America's just gone to shit. So well,
2: like I said, that's the new metal Halloween and that's all the needs to be said about it. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: But interesting enough, a uh, Halloween too, they had Dick Warlock as a, uh, as the shape. And, Astounding um, name. Yes. Yes. And friend of show. Um, he's, he's coming out Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh he's one of
4: those he's one of those left flank vets. Yes. Yeah.
3: Uh but no, uh the, this Dick Warlock was um uh uh Kurt Russell's body double, uh, you know, stunt double in a lot of films. Uh but but anyways, like like uh so so in part two he looks a lot smaller because he's you know Dick Warlock, who, who you know appears this big on your screen.
4: Uh, I'm I'm very upset that now I can't make keep- <laughs>
5: before you get the next clip uh for us i was gonna well, ask real quick
4: I, I, yeah i i put it up for you to comment on i'm sorry it went oh i uh,
5: no i was just gonna right, say right
2: uh Warlock, that, bro. we just
5: we're, we're rolling you know <laughs> that that covered everything with uh well, donald pleasant's other
4: nights nice i roll no <laughs> what
5: what i liked about donald pleasant's in the rule of loomis is um you know, he, he had taken so many roles before. He was a big, you know, stage actor. Like I said, Harold Pinter's the caretaker. He won awards for that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when you hear them talk about Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion playing the role, I know people that would say, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And I'm like, I, I don't think they could have done it the same way. Did you watch Donald Pleasance well, in that Lee original movie,
4: he, he's Lee like sweating John profusely.
5: Not. Go on, go on.
4: No, Christopher Lee does not sound like a good choice for it. Like-
5: I, he would have been too confident in the rule, Whereas yeah. Donna Pleasant, you think he's just as crazy as Michael. Because he's running around sweating and, you know, spouting crazy lines about pure evil. And you're like, what, is this guy as Shouting crazy as Michael?
2: From the bushes? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're like,
5: <laughs> hey, get away from there. And then he <laughs> smiles. He does that little smile. Like, mm.
2: yeah, and, and, and then this sheriff shows up right behind him. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh,
4: hey, what's up? Right, right. He he's he's, he's almost cops. as erotic
5: and frenetic as,
4: as you would think Michael is. Yeah, yeah. Right. He also keeps telling the cops not to tell the townspeople that there's a serial killer. But then it's like, oh, there's a serial killer. They're like, all right, prove it. And then they're like, all right, well, we're going to alert the town. He's like, no, don't alert the town. That is a fucking insane thing. Like, if you think that there's a serial killer that you can't tame in a town, yeah. be like, no, tell everyone in town. Like, be careful. And then they're you like, stay oh, referenced. all right, well, they reference that in 2018
2: because the like the new Loomis is like, I'm yeah. a doctor,
4: go to your houses. And then and then well I, I, I want to talk about the 2018 version of, of this because yeah, um we'll JG Michael and I were talking about this. Like we were we were having a, a conversation about like whether it's reactionary, like which I mean I I I guess I, I agree with you that it is. But like I, I think it's also kind of this victim blaming or like, there's not like the desire to not take the victim seriously, and and I think that maybe the fact that they put it onto um, liberal podcast hosts uh, to start with, which is hilarious that the really annoying um, Halloween Unmasked Girl gets very upset and yells at Danny McBride about the fact that she's like, what you don't like podcasters? You think we're all like <laughs> in in the in that in in that podcast? But like, I I think that the idea of true crime or like I think that it is, is kind of an amazing part of Halloween 2018 that like everybody now at some point, because they've, they've erased, they've erased the sequels and the sequels kind of continue to play on our desire to know some kind of logic. We, we want them to give, we want them to give them an argument. Um, yep. as they but no, so we, we want some kind of logic or rationality for why somebody is going around killing people. Like we, we crave that, you know, you me know we yeah, don't, like I've, I've always been, f- sorry, yeah. go ahead. we just, we don't want them to be human. And that gets touched on by uh, John Carpenter a lot. Like we don't want that person to be human. We don't want to know that just someone, that someone is just strolling into a, like a suburban neighborhood and just killing people for no reason. We want to know like, oh, well, they must remind like him of their sister or be their sister, or there must be some family connection. Like we want to, we want to put it in a box because we don't want to think that it could happen to us.
2: Yeah, he just likes killing people. It's. it's yep.
4: But we, <laughs> that's but it. like, that's not something that, like, that's not something that, like, an audience wants to compute. And, and yeah, I'm kind of like
6: uh, a little con- uh, confused about what the killer is still like supposed to signify in a in a more real world term, other than like just the force of nature aspect, right? Like in this case, a complete like, loose cannon. Nothing. Uh, the, the possibility of danger. Uh, whatever, right? Like, yeah, it's not really like anything concrete. Uh, but what is also kind of fascinating is how, as you're pointing out, true crime is such a uh, significant part of uh, culture because of, like, this notion um, that, like, I've heard all the time, which is, like, a, you know, a, that that uh, a girl hopes that uh, uh, her date is not a serial killer. Um, and it's like a, it's such a I mean, common thing. Then like...
4: I mean, he eats a whole bowl of cereal she's just like <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. but but i've always been like uh, curious to know because like, you know, it,
6: it, this is this is translated across contexts as well like which is not the i mean in, in, in india you kind of like actually the, the date is not the one who's like a serial killer or anything like that it's usually like somebody who's like a taxi driver or something like that that ends up being uh that kind of character so it culturally did I'm not talk like,
4: about robert de niro like that <laughs>
6: but like it culturally did not translate um, and I've always been fascinated. and watching this movie, I kind of um, couldn't help also make the connection to another uh, like you know fucked up child movie, which is the omen. Um, and like I, I kind of like you know, Mike Myers almost seems like Damien grown up um, although they kind of tried that with uh, the movie as well like but but you know like it, it there is no morality tale here. But at the same time, it's kind of interesting how, like, the character of the, the guy who shoots uh, Mike Myers eventually is kind of similar to an exorcism as well. Like, it, it's kind of like someone uh, casting an evil spirit away or well, something. The,
4: it's it's based on the exorcist and it's based on Psycho. Like, those are movies they're taking inspiration from. Hmm. I think that there, there's a point of it where um, they're trying, to, in the 2018 one, they're trying to strip a lot of things away from the 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 motivation I guess of Michael Myers because it seems like John Carpenter's thought was wow there's a inno- very innocent babysitter that gets like that that gets saved but then there's a bunch of other like you know normal babysitters that are like acting like um, everybody involved in it like a bunch of normal babysitters that are acting like regular teenagers that get murdered isn't that scary yeah and Chaos the, the fact that an entire but, but the fact that it's not taken as chaos theory, it's taken as oh wow they fucked and now they got killed. I think it's something that scares a someone that's trying to write a script that actually um, someone that's trying to write a script. That I guess that is feminist that actually like uh, erases that that thought from your mind. Of course, it becomes completely like the opposite where there's just no like it's you can't attribute whatever the crimes are to anything else, and they erase. The, the the fact that other directors have taken over this, other writers have taken over this, and said, "Oh well, it's his sister, it's this, there's a family connection." Like they've erased all of it, and I, you could argue, I think that they've gone maybe too far in the other direction at some time, like at some point. You know what I mean? Like it's sexless to the point where like you're just like, "Oh well, Gen like Gen Z doesn't have sex. Like Gen Z is far more concerned with whatever else. They don't have a chance to have sex, and then Michael kills them anyway."
5: The mm-hmm. the thing for me that that felt sort of reactive or reactionary about um the 2018 Halloween was uh you know essentially uh Laurie Schrode's whole worldview and I understand it comes out of her own trauma, the character's trauma, but her whole worldview is sort of um justified, you know. Uh yeah, she's her, her, right. Yeah, well, her daughter keeps saying to her, but there's love and understanding in the world. And Laurie's like, no, we have to be prepared to die at any moment. And we could get killed. And she's right at the
4: end. Like, I don't don't, know why she can back. Like, the whole lifetime she
2: has, like, that we don't see, she's being told she's crazy. And she's 100% correct about all of it.
4: I mean, but it's also
6: the viewpoint that elects Joe Biden, I think, right? Like, at the end of the day. Like it's it's like saying hey you know like you have to elect the guy that's like uh, you know uh, knows how things are done etc. It's it's
4: a conservatism I feel like at the end of the day. I mean it's trauma I, based
2: I, conservatism. Yeah,
4: I agree with that. And corn pop, he was a serial killer, went around the fucking <laughs> suburbs. Corn pop was just grabbing people's fucking leg hair. So no, <laughs> I, I I I think that I agree on to some extent. I think that they're kind of riding, it's before Biden, they're riding high on this Me Too movement. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's obviously like Bloom House Productions is like, you know, trying to make some kind of like, they're trying to make message pictures, I guess. Um, not to be confused with The Message, which is the, um, the same producer that uh, did uh, this movie, making the story of uh, Muhammad as a, as a movie funded by the Libyan, by, by the Libyan government. But but this is a message picture of some kind. It's well, in the, the new one, guy, it's it's but... got
2: some it, it's got some wokeisms, right? Like you have like the couple, the teen couple, going to the the uh, costume prom as Bonnie and Clyde, but they're reversing the costumes, right? Yeah, like yeah, like there, there's there's some... go on. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say there's just certain like wokeisms that are in there where it's like there it it seems very aware of being in the time that it's in now, not being 1978. I and don't think that's very
4: aware, it. And it seems very aware of this concept of psychic damage.
2: Right? It, exactly, because it wanted to focus more on the psychic damage than the uh, admittedly the trope of like if you have sex, like when you played the scream clip, right? Like if you have sex, you're dead. Like whatever. Like that was never the point of Halloween. That, that yeah. was never like the point of it. Like, like Michael just kills and
4: like, it's a, I think it, there's a, there's a level of guilt that follows John Carpenter that follows Deborah Hill, who has now passed away sadly from cancer, but um, you know, throughout, throughout John Carpenter's career, I guess. um, And that's also followed, you know, a, a lot of other directors that have worked in this genre and, uh, you know, because it's very, the, the idea of it that happened, um, you know, as, as JG said, like, it happened very quickly. Like the, the response would happen very quickly because it's a very shallow, the reading of Halloween and even, even like they've even regretted the fact that Halloween too, they didn't want to really make, um, but they kind of promised some kind of uh, career thing. And then they made the fog and then the fog didn't get the money, didn't get to the people that, you know, claimed that um, John Carpenter really promised them money, which was the original uh, producer for, for this that came up with the idea of the Halloween part of it. Like, Halloween Two is made to satisfy the right people monetarily, and then they felt like maybe that contributed even more to the to the you know genesis of the slasher genre. So there's like a level of guilt that follows this movie, I think, and the fact that nobody really has sex in it reflects a level of guilt from people that feel like they they need to erase the wrongs that they've done to a, a psychic, I guess, the psychic part of a generation. At the same time, though. I, I think that you can go too far with that and then everyone's like, well, I don't want to watch your own, like like something you should talk about with a therapist. Like, I don't want to watch that in a movie. I liked Halloween 2018. I'm not saying it was that, but like, that's like, there's some point where you're trying to erase the wrongs that you've caused so much that it's just like, I don't, this is not like a, a story that I really want to watch. Like I, I want people to get, like, I don't want people to get slashed. Like I, I understood from the point of Halloween, like I didn't feel like it was, Like, jokingly, I did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, people really want to have sex and then they're killed. Like, but I I don't feel like that was done in a misogynistic way. I don't, like, I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh, well, slasher movies are done in this way. Like, well, look at all the psychic uh, problems caused in this specific, like, situation. Like, the fact that you're fully going back on that and going like, well, look, now nobody has sex. is like, that feels like there's some kind of balance. It feels like, like, there could be a balance where... Real people like have sex sometimes. Like real people aren't aren't just like aren't like, oh, let me go in this room while I'm babysitting and have sex while this kid is here. Oh, hey kid, I'm stuck in the thing. Well, you've been stuck in plenty of places. It's like there's some kind of balance between that and like, you know, like your your straight A student babysitter that like her, her her boyfriend comes up with a tattoo that's clearly supposed to signify losing his virginity and she's like, Oh, well I'm gonna dry hump you. Like it seems like there's some kind of <laughs>
2: Total beta move.
4: (laughs) You get it tattooed before it happens? Wow. I like tattoos that happen after it happens.
2: (laughs) God damn. We almost spent an entire episode without doing
4: it. I had a a lot of uh, problems last night watching um, the scene in Tropic Thunder where he's like, that's the theme song from the Jeffersons. I was thinking, they don't make a theme song anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Jeffersons classic theme song. Everyone remembers it. Moving on up. (laughs) Moving on he up, had, everyone's
4: trying to do it, folks. My, you know what? My father owns all. My dad, all Sherman Helmsley, he, big inside. gong
2: fan. Gong, prog band. Are you familiar? It's great. <laughs> the but, um,
5: yeah. I, I was gonna say the thing that stood out for me with uh, the 2018 movie, or one of the things that I was like, "Oh, that's not." I mean, I think there is a lot of locisms in it, but I also think there's things that. Uh, like with the podcasters, they go and meet uh Laurie Strode, and they're like, "I think we can set both of you free because you know you forgiveness and all and understanding and all this stuff." And then they just get you know slaughtered, right? Like dumb liberals, you can't rehab anyone. And I, very, I thought that was very, kind of interesting.
4: There's a very specific thing where they aggressively come into her house, offering yeah. her money. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're being super money. And they're to let us in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're offering her money, and then they're super aggressive about being like, "Well, you lost your kid." They're, you know, what I mean? so they're. Victim- That's true. Yeah,
5: yeah. They're sort of insincere. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, it's more than just insincere. They, they want, they want an explanation. They, it's. I don't think that they want to redeem Michael, but they, but like the rehabilitation part of it that you were talking about earlier is, is correct. Like, there, there has to be some kind of rehabilitation. It can't be that this person is so much of a sociopath that there's no hope for them. Like it has to be some other like they have to be coming up with another story and within that though they completely victim blame her and I don't like that part of the movie really because I think that's a little bit heavy handed where she's like time's up and like lets them out of the apartment like I, I feel like she's being a little bit too like let's maybe like oh you got hurt by Michael me too like you know what I mean but, but I but I understand <laughs> the point that they're trying to make which is like you know victims in this situation like someone can literally have murdered count, like, five people in a house for no reason. And then, like, there are still, like, you know, people in the media, which I don't think is necessarily a a fact that registers with, like, working class people, but, like, you know, in in the media, like, they're still coming to someone's house being, like, listen, like, there has to be some kind of way to redeem this person. Or there has to be... It's it's also
5: mirrored in that scene with uh, Vicky's stoner boyfriend, right? Where he's like, it's really that big of a deal. I mean, he killed a few people back then. You know, it's not like, you know, there's worse things that happened to Jay.
4: I think that that line serves a different purpose. I think that line serves to number one, as all of the writers have said, um, call attention to like school shootings and like mass shootings. And the fact that now, like they wanted to justify the fact that there was very bloody uh, like, Because the original Halloween had no blood in it, right? Like, or didn't have much blood in it. They wanted to justify the fact. It it was, it
2: it was in a way that, like, people again remember when we did Psycho. uh, Janelle was talking about how she would talk to people that were insistent upon the fact that they saw the knife go in and blood spurting out, and so because it was so intense. It's and and
4: you know all of the producers and John Carpenter and his girlfriend like. The entire, you know, everyone involved in the like the original Halloween, you know, idolized Psycho as a movie, which I do too. Like, don't get me wrong, like I like it's an amazing movie, but like you know, so they were trying to make something close to that rather than making something full of blood. That like you know, so I think they wanted to justify that this generation, I mean, number one, this generation doesn't have sex apparently according to them, but also this generation, you know, is way more expectant of violence and blood so i think when when they wanted to erase the sequels so it's kind of i think that the first line is brilliant it's like oh wasn't it his sister and like so he he plays to the halloween 2 plot twist and then she goes oh no so people just made that up to try to like make sure that you know everyone knew that like to make sure that everyone everyone kind of had an explanation so they kind of destroy all of the sequels with that one line but then they're like but then he's like oh well you know um it's just five people like today that doesn't really mean anything. I didn't really like that line as much because it's just like, Oh, well, look at this generation today. Like there's a lot of mass shootings. Like I don't, I don't like that part as much, but I'm also probably, you know, within that generation that had a lot of mass shootings. So that doesn't necessarily make me feel confident about my own, you know, like <laughs> it's funny too, because for as
5: much as it sort of destroys the sequels it says these never happened, it, it has more. It has a lot in common with the um, the sequels that were mainly produced by Mustafa Akkad up until I think it was the sixth movie where Akkad sort of
4: got pushed out by Miramax because Mustafa Akkad, uh, friend of Gaddafi, <laughs> making, this missing, is true. But, uh, there's a so there's a really fucking awkward moment in that um, Halloween Unmasked podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not very good at what well, you know. Come on this podcast. But, yeah, no, but, no critique. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. the point. Yeah. <laughs> no. So she very awkwardly asked the son of Mustafa Akkad, who was killed in a terrorist attack. Gaddafi- Mustafa
5: was killed in a terrorist attack. Malik yeah. is still alive. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No. So she asked his son that wasn't – that's still alive or else it would be weird that she was asking him.
8: <laughs>
4: well. did, 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 did Gaddafi fund Halloween? And he's like, how the fuck would I know that? He funded the message, but like he didn't you know what I mean? Like yeah. But there's a very awkward she's like, I've come to this conclusion that maybe the Libyan government and he's like, sure, maybe like and then she's like, There's this awkward pause after that and I'm like, yeah, why would you ask the person? That? Yeah, like what <laughs> right, did you think was gonna happen what, there? Yeah.
5: <laughs> what, what I was gonna say is um you know, while there is gore in, in, in Halloween two thousand eighteen, it's it's pretty minimal. You don't even see a lot of kills and I think a cod with the sequels, especially number four, and then a little bit with number five, Uh, he wanted to keep it in the realm of first, like, Michael is a human being, will hint him being supernatural, and also he wanted it to be more a a suspense series, rather than, like, a straight-up gore-fest in the way that, you know, the Freddy or the Friday the 13th films had become, and I think there's a lot in common with that in
4: 2018. (laughs) I said, I wouldn't want him to be, uh, supernatural no but like <laughs> you know, look, a lot of his like all, no but all of his work was kind of you know um, as a director and supposedly like an amazing director like supposedly like a, a Lawrence of Arabia style director was aimed at pushing like you know I mean I mean at least making the stories of um, Muslims known in America like you know yeah. what I mean like making those religious stories known which you can't really hate on because of the fact that like literally every other fucking story that was like was put onto film for a very long time which is like a christian like oh here's what happened in the bible story you know what i mean like we literally have the last citation of christ like as a <laughs> as a movie that came out within like everybody's lifetime you know what i mean so like right. it's i don't know it's, it's a little bit ridiculous that like that needs to get pointed out that like you know if there's a similar type of movie with like the the story of muhammad put on film like Oh, you know who funded it? Like, you know who probably fucking funded *The Last Temptation of Christ*? Like, <laughs> right, right. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I find that like, it's hard. It's hard to listen to uh, certain things where, like, you know, uh, he's both being glorified as a director, like, oh, he was a great director, and also being like, well, the stories that he grew up on, that like, you know, that he felt uh, from a religious level, like he was telling those stories and it's like a little like the, the Hol- Halloween on mass podcast kind of made me feel like that. It's like, all right, well, do you want nobody to tell those stories? Like,
5: did, did you send the uh makers of that podcast hate mail over this? You sound very upset.
4: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not upset, but like, I don't know the guy died in a terrorist attack. Like I feel. Yeah. Like, yeah. I cut pieces of the podcast to play on this one. Like, it's not like I was serious. He's It's there. obviously not that upset with them. Yeah, no, it's not like the Hans like, Zimmer time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also cut clips of Hans Zimmer, but we just didn't get time. We didn't. We didn't get to them. Hans so, Zimmer, <laughs> I, I, I like composer. Never allowed on the
2: show ever. Never happen.
4: I, as some, as someone that kind of is is trying to fill the space as like specifically doing film stuff and Kenzo clips apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like specifically film stuff um, that wants to get away from maybe. The more in a lot of cases, postmodernist readings. I mean, sometimes I do enjoy postmodernist readings. Sometimes I enjoy postmodernist film, but like the more aggressively Western readings of a lot of things kind of get to me. Or like the the the, the fact that like someone like Gaddafi might have funded a movie, and then all of a sudden, like Gaddafi got killed very publicly by our government. Like maybe it's not a time to like say to an audience, like Gaddafi might have funded it. Like that kind of upsets me in in some ways. I mean, I've watched enough Adam Curtis to feel. Like... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. no, I, I I would agree with that, and I mean, I, I mean yeah,
5: one I one of the things real quick, I, one of the things I really liked about Halloween 2018 as a fan of the series is that at the end they dedicate the movie to Mustafa Akkad because people really forget he was very very hands on with that series and he, he would not let thousand, certain sequels
2: get the, made the that were dollars. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It wouldn't have happened without him, Yeah, 100%. He, literally, without he literally, John Carpenter said, hey, I need $300,000 to make this movie. There's, It's about babysitter murders. And there's, you can literally watch the documentary where Mustafa Akkad talks about it. He's like, well, everybody in America, like every kid in America has had a babysitter. Like, that makes sense as a universal movie. But also, he's a producer at that point. He wants to be a director. To me, that's something very, like, very personal. Like, it's a creative spirit that's just kind of forced into handling money when it's not just stories about his religious faith. He gets money when it involves stories about his religious faith, but he wants to be, like, a Lawrence of Arabia-style director. Like, he wants to film these huge, epic, like, films that maybe he can't get financed. And it's, like, for me, that kind of – I feel that. Like, I I want to – like, I want to be a film director. So understanding that, like, someone that was a producer – that you know, decided whether to green light something or not. Like, you're also taking someone's dream that is a similar dream that you have, and like putting it into a cat. Like, how much money can we um can we really afford to spend on this person's dream? But it's the same dream you have. You know what I mean? Like that's emotionally, I feel that on a on a gut level. The other uh, – I was just going to add to that
5: real quick. The thing people have to remember about film Identicate production – I dedicate
4: this podcast to him.
5: What's Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. But also uh, when you're talking about like, oh, did Gaddafi fund this movie? I mean I've talked to people that have worked with Oliver Stone about this, uh, Eric Hamburg particularly. If you are in movies and you're getting produced at that sort of level, your movies, uh, you are probably getting produced by some very shady, shady figures. Yeah. A lot of movies I mean, are like that.
2: Yeah. Look at like, so not the book, not the movie Get Shorty, but especially the TV series Get Shorty does a great job of basically showing, oh, this is an incredible opportunity if you're trying to launder money, you know. And it's, and it's, it's a fantastic, I think it's the best Get Shorty, including the book, for a number of reasons, but not the least of which is like, oh, this, this is like kind of a good example of like his indictment of Hollywood, the player style but also showing that like this shit really happens like i mean and it's not just movies you want to talk about benny Hanna? yeah let's talk about benny Hanna, man <laughs> you
3: know no, like, i mean some of my favorite movies actually were because you never been able about. to
4: afford to go there you know it was all it was all
3: laundry, money laundering schemes cuz yeah. like um yeah. early it's meant Sabato to lose films, money man um, <laughs> that's how all, you all the uh uh hong kong action flicks that i love like yeah. like <laughs> That's all the mob trying to wash their money. Um, we wouldn't have Jackie Chan or Steven Seagal if it wasn't for the mob. Yeah, by the Mr. way, Bultante. Go ahead.
4: By the way, by the way, base Jackie Chan because he's uh stood up for the CCP since you know, since Hong Kong has been returned to China, like in ways that have made some people on like uh Hong Kong slash like American Hong Kong Reddit very angry. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe it he's admitting he's Chinese. It's like, yeah, dude, that's what yeah,
3: he's he, he also knows how to, he dare has to make movies. And, and like, you know,
4: he's well, first of all, how dare his... you? Second. So vice, vice put out a thing that's like, people are angry at Jackie Chan for these comments. And it's like, sometimes they're like, if it's vice, it's like, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm curious. And it's like Jackie Chan being like, well, you know, I mean, I'm a Chinese citizen now. Like the CCP has some, has some good points. And they're like, do you know what people think about that? And I'm like, that the government that you like like your government that you're saying that they have some good points like what 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 am I missing about this like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we he, we, and we and want it, the hong kong democracy struggle like that existed a couple of years ago we want it to go as right as possible to embrace like us hegemony which i think that if it doesn't is probably a good thing i don't think we need more us hegemony I personally
2: full up way too much hegemony.
7: <laughs> I mean, I'd like is to see an independent H1. Hong
3: Kong, but that's just me. Um, but, you know, uh, that, that doesn't mean that, that I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't, under, you know, I, I, I don't uh, feel like I, I understand, you know, miss. I'm trying to get I like how when
4: you had your hand here, by the way, it looked like you were leaning on uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's nose.
2: <laughs> and, but... <laughs> traditional old woman's no. move old school
4: no. but so here's no. my here's my last clip for this episode yeah um besides are we gonna the
2: do other... the uh the the thing that we started yeah no we're week.
4: doing don't worry okay. we're doing the thing but um that's not a clip but anyway i'm going to play me having sex and no, <laughs> um michael myers is coming to my house tonight no so all right so i have this uh this is from the making of documentary the making of my personal porn documentary and um it's it's just talking about how the michael myers uh character came to be in the original halloween i thought this was interesting they go into the william shatner mask which is pretty funny and let's go
0: Halloween villain was more than just a killer. It was a supernatural hurricane.
1: What I thought about doing was not giving the antagonist, Michael Myers, really much of a backstory, but kind of kicking him up into a, a legendary kind of, of situation where he's much more like an element of nature. Because I thought that would be more frightening rather than personifying, makes him almost a force. So then the mask, which ties in with, with Halloween, would blank out his human features for most of the film making him then uh, just some some sort of force of evil that is uh, irrational unstoppable
0: but the shape had to be more than just some guy in a fright mask
7: Nick Castle had been a schoolmate of John's at um, USC Nick had a wife and and I believe two babies I know there was at least one it may have been two and they came by every day at lunch and you know here's this guy with this over suit on and, you know, the mask was just always lying next to me put it on and go do the work. His portrayal of the shape, now remember the shape has no lines in the movie, none whatsoever, it's just sort of a, you know, a mask and it's a presence that we wanted. On Halloween two, we had a stuntman play the role and even though he studied the, the, the Nick Castle kind of feeling, he could never quite get it.
0: I think they're trying to make it more important than it really is. I actually just walked Uh, John actually did say something. You know, I like the way you walk. I think it'll be good Now maybe John thinks of me as a serial killer. I don't know. I Remember I'm about to walk across the street in the first shot And I realize he has not told me anything about what I'm supposed to do as this character So I came up to him and basically asked him. What's my motivation? You know as the shape walking across how do you want me to walk you know how do you want me to am i supposed to be this or that and he said nick just walk
1: nick was suggesting all sorts of of attributes uh, that he could play to this character thinking okay is is he really a psychopath? is he really crazy is he somebody who's insane does he have any of the the kind of uh, schizophrenic movements that we we kind of associate with mental illness and I just told him to be simple with it. Basically, with it, when he's watching something or someone uh, stand still, uh, just move very gracefully because Nick can do that.
7: I think he really gave the movie something. I think there's little moments that he does in the movie that are really special that you know take it away from being just some sort of thug in a suit. He really kind of, at one point, he tips his head and kind of looks at his handiwork.
0: I remember when I when I stabbed the kid up against the refrigerator or something, boom, you know, uh, stab the kid, and I remember that direction. John said, tilt your head this way, tilt your head that way, like you're looking at him. And everyone loves that.
7: Well, he was so agile
8: and subtle.
0: One of the most famous faces in horror almost had a
8: completely different look. John assigned me the task of finding some choices for the Halloween mask. And i picked up two that looked like really good legit choices one was an emmett kelly mask emmett kelly was a classic clown with a big red nose stupid hair and a big smile big blue smile on his face and i thought how frightening how grotesque
7: the first michael myers mask um was actually a william shatner from star trek uh, masks um, that we kind of changed a lot. We opened up the eye sockets. We changed the hair. Uh, we did uh, something to the skin tones to make it this white pasty kind of uh, mask. And it was kind of scary because it was sort of featureless. And that's what we were just, what we're going for.
8: And uh, first it was the Emmett Kelly mask and he came out of the bathroom wearing it. And everyone agreed it was pretty eerie. It was strange. It was... Weird, un- made you uncomfortable and you knew that was a scary situation. Went back, came out with the other mask and a cold chill ran up everybody's spine. It was so scary looking. It was so demented. It was so sick that we knew. We, we
2: knew it was time to end the clip.
4: Oh, <laughs> we knew. Starlog. You know, we were just, we we're out here. We were...
3: <laughs> Captain's log.
2: Captain's June 4th,
4: Captain. 1979. Captain's log. I like, I like the... Captain's
2: injured, second hour.
4: I like, I like the, the family guy version of William Shatner where he's just like, Captain's log. And every, every part of his body just keeps like... <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, this is like... Number one, I think the the fact that um, Nick Castle's father, which they I don't think they touched on in this clip, but there was like during that podcast there were parts of it where they talked about how his father had uh, trained Fred to stare, like that's how nimble genetically he was. <laughs> so every time someone's like, oh well, like in a similar kind of in a similar way to the fact that you know, I mean Jamie Lee Curtis was the. Um, like in a similar way to the to the, the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis was like the the daughter of famous actors, like he was the son of like famous dancers.
2: <laughs> yeah, not not a three hundred pound dude as it turns out. So
4: no,
3: nope. yeah. no, and uh, it was weird because like Charlie Sheen and Amelia Estevez were boom mic operators and and Gaffers at this movie.
4: And that's why every and that's why every boom mic was just, you know, just tilted a little bit with cocaine. Yes,
3: tiger's blood.
4: Karthik, <laughs> I know you. I know you need to uh, head out and, and eat. Which I haven't really. I mean, I haven't eaten much today either. I like ate half a bowl of ramen before doing this. I've kind of. i I've, I've had a day <laughs> where uh, nine a.m. tomorrow. I have to help my mom get her like um, craft her her craft uh set up together for this sheep and wolf festival so um you know i I had to get like my three episodes that I'm doing for the rest of the week, like done last night, so I stayed up mm. to do that
2: so you want to <laughs> do like what like top five one liners and then closing thoughts and
4: yeah yeah, that yeah. Out of here? don't worry i'm not i'm not forgetting i'm <laughs> it's not good doing bit. the uh I, it is a good bit.
8: I made entire
4: entire graphics for that bit. So, like, you know, the chances that I forget that bit are, I mean, (laughs) 50-50. Next to
2: be you're really tired or you're really hungry, and you are both of
4: those things. (laughs) Well, no, so, Karthik, I'll I'll see you on Thursday. We're going to do Tropic Thunder, which I'm pretty hyped for. I think I have an outline for that now. Um,
3: With Halloween 2's uh, Dick Warlock? Yeah. (laughs)
6: Um, they were asking I asked me about uh, how you how you felt about playing, you know, Mike Myers and some of these movies.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and they were asking me how I felt about doing blackface, and I said, "Hey, how do you know about that?
1: That <laughs> yeah, was exactly
4: that was high school. It was a play. It was a whole new world.
2: <laughs> Look, man, you never go full. It wasn't actually go
3: blackface. Full I was playing Trudeau. Justin Trudeau."
4: Yeah no was, you never go full Justin. Trudeau. That's injured <laughs> i saying. You never understand. go full Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> watching watching uh watching Black Christmas. I I remember I messaged uh I mean Andy and Conan both, but I messaged them and I was like someone's about to apologize or something and I was joking, then all of a sudden the guys like, "Oh, like sarcastic, like, I'm sorry." And i was... <laughs> <laughs> the 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 boyfriend like when the, when the when the father of the girl that gets murdered get, uh gets hit with a snowball from one of the kids he's like a dick about it
3: Ooh, and then the, the,
4: the boyfriend no the boyfriend's like oh i'm sorry and i was like oh fuck i kind of predicted this Ugh. good dialogue and yeah right I, hope you, I hope you get some food team. and you don't you
6: know. Yeah, no, it's just that I, I have an early start uh, tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can't believe that I'm like about a Mr. Mr. Letterboxd uh, kind of clips. But uh, I, I, I still haven't really, you know, uh, explored the platform that much. So I guess like uh, I'm going to see from the video uh, how it looks. And then like from the next time, maybe for Tropic Thunder, I'll like try to see if I can like come up with something for Letterbox. Well, if
4: you, if and if you want to do I mean, if you want to take over. Conan's role, or if we want to get him to pre-record, we want to get him to pre-record a *Tropic Thunder* uh, um, graphics of these this type. We've kind of created for this specific movie, at least for the specific franchise, at least of uh, a format of. Uh, yeah, but this is Land. like SNL
2: year one. We're like making the rule book as we go, you know. Right, right,
8: right. <laughs>
4: well, it's kind of like Halloween. You're making the rule book as you go. Exactly. Yeah. And Very that's why like when that. I have sex, everybody dies. All
6: right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. on, on that note, uh, <laughs> I will.
4: That, that's the one, huh? That's it? Yes. <laughs> really, well, last, last thing before you go, I really wanted to get somebody, like a random person that nobody knows to have the Michael, like the Michael mask and the full outfit on. And then uh-huh. I was going to just keep trying to throw it back to them, like ask them questions, just have them do the heavy breathing. So, like, I, I thought, like, you know, because so we had, like, a really active panel. And I knew that was going to be the case. I thought it would be hilarious if, like, there was, like, all of us and then someone that nobody else on the panel knew that just said Michael Myers that was wearing the full costume. And I'd be like, Is there oh. anyone
6: like that right now?
4: Well, They can, they can shut Warlock. up for
2: five seconds, not on this panel.
4: <laughs> Dick, Dick <laughs> Warlock tried to volunteer. Ah. Uh, but we had already planned out this show too much at that point. <laughs>
8: <laughs> it, it would I be run.
4: a great visual gag, though. It would be creepy. <laughs> it would, I, you know. So I think I'd right. even play
2: on audio only,
4: but you know, hey, what it I could have done it and then. Not had a host, I guess. <laughs> they are going. <laughs> all right, because yeah, you're not doing guys, enough.
2: Yeah, do, do more stuff.
4: <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need to produce something else while I produce this, and you know what I mean, like I need to. just Doc Ock is back, baby. um uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, Karthik. Good night, good night everyone. Uh, I'll night see you guys
6: um, another time.
2: Always a pleasure.
3: Yes.
4: Take Great to you again. All
2: right.
8: Finally! No.
4: <laughs> All white guys. Oh, <laughs> the, well, at last, we <laughs> can <You> speak freely. <laughs>
7: well,
4: white right.
5: boy. Wait, it's not white boy summer anymore. White boy
2: fall? I don't know.
4: Autumn? Well, dick fall. So I saw on Twitter. Uh,
2: <laughs> are, we, are, we, are, we, are we doing the bit? Are we say introduce it?
4: We yeah, I mean, well, I, I, mean, I could I give you a, I could give you an introduction. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not ready for this, you better put your panties back on. It's Conan New Loomis. New John. <laughs> He's ready. He's going to give us letterbox reviews. One line reviews that are going to really show you the entire franchise of Halloween.
2: That's right, folks, every week or several times a week, no matter how often the show goes, (laughs) I collect reviews from letterbox, the social media site for film, a place for film with the best, most hilarious, most insightful, or just downright funny reviews, one-liner or slightly classic Conan
4: more Conan bit, classic Conan bit. Classic Someone, Conan someone's got to take the someone's got to take the mantle, and I feel like it's you. You ready?
2: Everybody's talking about it.
4: I mean, he took he he put Friends in his
2: podcast name, which pissed me off because Friends is my band name. But anyway, uh, as we
4: pointed out, he has no friend. He needs a friend. You, he, exactly. You've got several. You just you know you just don't address. I mean, them. The,
2: they're just secret, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the point of the fact with this is that uh, we collect the reviews of these are not famous reviewers; these are regular, average human beings, just like you and I, giving their so thoughts. They're, so,
4: they're, on, so they're good reviews, is essentially what you're saying. They're they're are they good reviews? I mean, good bad, I'm just good saying. Bad.
2: Like, I'm the guy with the gun. I, I feel
4: like a lot of times. I feel like a lot of times professional reviewers suck. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The, the, the,
2: so these are from these are from the proletariat. The movie night Extravaganza is for the people. So this is the reviews from the proletariat.
4: Okay, and you ready? Yes, I am. I'm, you Mr.
2: tell me All right, from Aaron. If Michael Myers can wear a mask, then so can you.
4: It's a pandemic out there folks. Um. And it's a pandemic <laughs> people
2: maybe you noticed or not. So that's that's that, that's both make... be like somewhat clever, insightful and also 100% true.
4: Wear a mask Jeez. people. Come on. You ready for the David Letterman? <laughs>
2: Number 4. Two. Mel. I wish Michael could be more confident and show us his cute fabulous face and actually talk because I'm sure he has a lot to say. Especially about climate change and the important topics in today's society.
4: It's a run-on sentence. It is, but it's it's that's the best I, I don't like there. that on my podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> you like, I like totally good reviewers
2: job. who properly punctuate.
4: I like review I like reviewers to keep it under five under five points. Whereas I talk for two hours and thirty-three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> All right. Number four,
2: Bell. Thank you, Bell. Thank you number three Jack why do these dumbasses scream who's there like Michael is just casually gonna yell back hey man just me
4: yeah that was my favorite <laughs> one that, of, of the ones that you that you sent me
2: uh, I like that one
4: That's yeah Jack. no I, this, this one is this one's pretty great all right all
2: right number uh, two, two uh RJ, RJ I'm the neighbor who closes their blinds and turn out turns off their lights when Lori cries for help there you
4: go Close second. Now we, know. Now we know. No one's half the battle. <laughs> Which, by the way, is everybody in a suburban neighborhood, to be fair. Yeah,
2: I mean, that that's thats the real point of the movie. Arden J, I could fix him. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed for a solid minute when I saw that one, by the way. <laughs> and number six. There's so many Michael Myers thirst reviews. On Letterboxd specifically, like it's, it's like, I don't know if that's the right. thing, if it's fun to do, or if like, if it says something about the, you know, the modern I don't know. I think it's
3: the site, because I was surprised by how many Toshiro Bufume thirst reviews
2: there were. That's not that surprising. No, you I mean, Toshiro Mifume
3: is a good looking guy. I just, you know, was just surprised because like, you know, yeah. that's not what I was expecting. Like, like, yeah, you know, event. these movies don't get thirsty <laughs> to viewers, you know? Well, that's well, one we'll, of the great we'll, things about
2: Letterboxd.
4: You get yeah. all the reviews, thirsty yes. and otherwise. And this is the top we'll, five we'll Letterbox
2: one-liners moving that extravaganza we'll, for Halloween.
4: Yeah, you're way better at that than I am. But, you know, there'll come a time. Oh. Yeah,
2: wait until wait <laughs> I, wait wait I write an intro and
4: outro. It'll be even better. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> it's like,
3: like, like a little music introduction, too.
2: Half in the bag. Yeah,
3: exactly.
4: I am yeah, uh, I feel pathetic for eventually that I didn't write my intro on uh This is Revolution. Gene was like, "Oh, you suck at this. Let me write you an intro." I, 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 edited it. I added a lot of words. I changed some words, but uh, graphic six. Gonna move right past that. All right, bonus.
2: Listen, the jack o' lantern stays lit during sex. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> 1978. I mean, small and, and... moment in the movie, but this is a this is a favorite of mine
4: in october for sure yeah look if it's not in october it's a little weird but
2: yeah (laughs) everything else is is, we can talk about what is on or off the table but the jack-o-lantern stays
4: on i'm gonna like i'm gonna clip our statement we just did there probably cut a couple lines out of it but clip it (laughs) and then no like i'm I'm serious i'm gonna have that up as a clip because it's been a while since i posted any clip and i'm literally a, a video editor so it's kind of weird that i don't clip my podcast but i also just hey, you're really advertising
2: in. for yourself that way yeah exactly <laughs>
8: <laughs> no that's i never my,
2: clip my own show by the way hire good. me <laughs>
4: <laughs> i don't even own nail clippers i do hey <laughs> yo no! I oh nail clippers so the, the the socialist soprano's memes guy um agreed to come on to talk about many saints of north that's, That's so got to happen. That's got to happen soon. I, I can't wait <laughs> to see that.
5: So so when are you going to get the guy on from the Institute for Gremlins 2 studies? That's the real question.
4: That would, that would, that would be pretty great.
2: Fuck that. Just get Joe Dante.
4: <laughs> J.G. Michael offered Joe Dante, and I wanted to watch Piranha, and I wanted to have... Uh, I, that would be an amazing episode. Right? It oh, would be amazing Lord. to have him... And if I could ever get Jeremy Wade <laughs> from River Monsters, it would be hilarious. Wow, it's never gonna happen. But I watch River Monsters like every day. It's, like my favorite reality show. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can get Gianni to pressure him. Gianni works for—I mean, it's History Channel, but you know, it's still kind of in the same.
2: <laughs> it's historical, kind of. <laughs>
4: Well, all right. It'll be history
2: if you get eaten by one. Oh!
4: Hey! Piranhas, small fish. I like fish who aren't small. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to pass it first to the new Loomis for some final thoughts. I don't think anyone listened to two hours and 37 minutes of this that isn't listening to it right now. But, you know, we've we've hit it. We've hit the mark. It's been a we good call that my,
2: my, my friend for the Dark Lord calls that the coconut, which is the point of like when you're practicing, where you're just playing for so long that you start goofing around and it needs to stop immediately. And usually has to do with the bell of the ride. <laughs> ding, 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 All right, we're done. We're done here. Um, yeah, so ding, final thoughts. <laughs> oh, bell of the ride only version of the Halloween theme song. Whoa, yeah, that's internet <laughs> gold right there. That's good.
4: By the way, if you want to hear this, but with zombies, Friday, we're gonna have an amazing Dawn of the Dead episode, which is a movie that I've watched like at least a dozen times and love. So, you know.
2: With the fabulous Renee Ruin.
4: Yeah. yeah. And the fabulous J Andrew World. Yes.
2: That's that's how you should have your display name be.
4: The fabulous. It's
2: fabulous. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, my final thoughts on this
4: movie. Uh, so iconic. I mean,
2: I, I believe I, I might have closed with Psycho in the same way, but I stand by it. Uh, this movie created the tropes.
4: This is an iconic they, season. What can we really say?
2: <laughs> exactly. A really iconic season of moving that extravaganza. Uh, it's, it created things that we think of when we think of not just this.
4: Sex didn't exist before this
2: movie. Yes, it created sex. That that actually that would be a good uh, Letterbox One-liner review. I remember when this movie created sex, <laughs> and then In was killed.
4: Sunglasses. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's it. The tropes that we think of when we think of these kinds of movies were created with this movie. Uh, it both created a form of film and also uh, exemplifies it. So it exemplifies and uh, is not necessarily of it. It's a great film, and one of the reasons why uh, it touched so many people in so many ways is because it's scary, and that's a nice thing for a movie like this to be, rather than like, oh, it's cool how many people got killed. No, like Halloween, the original Halloween is genuinely scary, even after all this time, even after coming out of being very really cynical, uh, knowing all of the, like the beats, the movements. It's also shocking how bloodless it is. Considering, yeah. like, modern horror is so just, it's all about the gore and all about, like, the the visual effects. Not even practical effects, but visual effects.
4: Which kind of sets uh, any it, franchise, which kind of sets, I, I mean, I think even at this point, like, kind of sets any franchise up for failure, which is kind of funny. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's going to look kind of like, really...
2: look, have y'all seen The Lawnmower Man lately?
4: <laughs> That's all I got to <laughs> say about it. But the guy next door that keeps cutting oh. off limbs in the lawnmower. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a love affair with a man as lawnmower, exactly. Uh, no,
4: I. So I, I, I agree with you, but I think that I had a point. I don't know. Let's go on. I, don't like. I had a great point that I was going to make, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. I we
2: start talking about the lawnmower man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry slash no sorry. Uh, the, the, um, no, no, I, I think this is, this is, you know, when we talk about murder Night extravaganza, which we are, uh, this is, has a completely justified place in history as one of the greats. And I like some of the sequels. I despise some of them. <laughs> I like this 2018 one, the 18 one. I thought that was good. I am I'm look forward to seeing the new one. And I'm glad that this show is in the zeitgeist. Finally, about time.
4: <laughs> finally, we're not talking about a movie from like 1950. That... <laughs> right, exactly. and, and then finding a clip of, and then finding a clip of Ronald Reagan that matches a movie that nobody's talking about. <laughs> hey,
2: and I love it. We love it, folks. We love it. Uh, but yeah, Michael, I, I,
4: Michael, the Gipper Myers. That's my connection. <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's.
2: I, I'm there's no way I could say it's underrated. I think it's almost impossible to rate, but it, it's there's no possible way that Halloween, the original one, is overrated. It's it's fantastic, how do you yeah. so how do you rate the
4: 2018 one? Because I think the 2018 one is very much, I mean, obviously in conversation with I'll the tell original. you
2: I'll think exactly how I read. I read it the other day. <laughs> I think I did four out of five. It was, I thought it was good. I thought it was good.
4: And what you uh, maybe, said I, was, maybe I did three and a half. And what you said was, no, wait, not that one. <laughs> I'm the neighbor who closes their blinds and turns <laughs> off the light. <laughs> that's no, that's I,
2: so good. I wish I would have written that. That's a, that's astounding. That's like because that's one I, of the like
4: what the fuck moments. And I in wish I time. I wish I waited for mine until I did a little bit of the research because mine was like a solid like everybody's fucking uh, pun. Everybody's fucking.
2: <laughs> We ain't fucking over here. Um, Well, yeah, yeah, I I did three and a half, which for me is pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm pretty stingy. I'm really stingy with my fives and pretty stingy with my fours out of five. But I liked it. I I, um, I'm not sure if I would have watched it if not for this show, because I've been I'm like a jilted lover. I've been burned so badly with so many of the sequels like H2O still pisses me off.
5: Amen. Amen. As it (laughs) should. Wait, Dawson's um, Creek Halloween. That's what right, it is.
2: exactly. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Yeah.
5: Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis
4: had Janet Leigh though, or Janet Leigh like um, uh come into. I think it was Halloween H2O, right? That she kind of gave her advice or whatever. Like, uh, or was that yeah. resurrection? Why don't
2: you come to the worst film I've ever done and give me advice. Great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mom, I need you. This movie's gonna bomb. I need someone Terrible. to talk about it
2: i'm excited to see the new one though like i'm i'm legitimately excited about it because it's, it's not well, that i ever forgot but sometimes you just don't halloween's one of those movies like not everyone's gonna think about all the time but it's mm-hmm. always there just like michael myers
4: Yep, lurking <laughs> or just like laurie in the in the more recent one who's kind of I like that, would, that was clever yeah. I, what
5: i what i what i was gonna say real quick uh for b- before i give a final sort of thought is uh it's wow. funny because Blumhouse
4: trying to steal, trying to steal a thought. <laughs> well, but
5: Blumhouse is saying there's they want to do more Halloweens after Halloween ends. Like what? How? What? What are you going to do <laughs> after the ending
2: end. the yeah. show? Did Did didn't you already Did well. you already do that? And wasn't it fucking terrible?
4: Yeah. Stop. It's gonna be, well, it's right. going to be his son, Nate Myers, and <laughs> yeah. he's going
2: an to incel. <laughs> by, my my, review, uh, was, my review was
4: aggressively. review my my review was aggressively horny teens have overrun a small suburban town. Only Michael Myers can stop. Them. That's good. That's I cool. would have included that in our list if you weren't the host of the show. It's great. Yeah. yeah I don't, you know, I mean, listen, I both of my parents famous uh review. <laughs> I just didn't want to use their help. I'm
5: actually I, I was gonna say too, I'm I'm seeing uh Halloween kills uh when it premieres on Friday and I'm looking forward to it after seeing halloween 2018 although i I think what makes the original halloween so special is that it's almost like it almost plays out like the story you would tell at a campfire right you know and and that ending where you know you just hear him breathing at the end and he's gone you know like a ghost in the night i i almost feel feel like as a self-contained story it's something special
4: we didn't even have campfires until the original halloween that's the thing
5: right exactly just like we didn't have sex
4: <laughs> right, yeah it's, it's
5: a great film
4: to, to, I mean once once everyone else gives their final thoughts to play out the um the, the Halloween kills version of it I mean I I'm kind of disappointed that they start with the fire getting put out like it just feels like you know because if you didn't watch' I'll just,
2: just telling you how we're gonna do this okay fire got put out all right
4: Oh man Dave Chappelle walks out of the fire too. he's not burned at all jesus
2: (laughs) i think uh if if i may uh my letterbox review uh of of halloween the 1978 one I, i found this quote especially poignant upon my recent rewatch which is i watched him in a room for 15 years staring at a wall not seeing the wall looking past the wall Looking at this night, inhumanly patient, death has come to your little town, Sheriff.
4: Well, I'm sorry that Loomis
2: wrote your review. <laughs> I I, no, I think that. I mean, I think that's. Uh, I didn't notice that shit when I saw it. When I was 15. I was like, well, Oh, no, it's you know, it's great. Yeah. You you gotta um, do it
5: in like the you gotta do it in the Sam Loomis voice though. Like in the second I'm one, I'm
2: the where new he, Loomis. It says so on my title. All right. Oh, okay, on, okay. On my job title. Get they're re- to do it,
4: they're remaking everything now. <laughs> Jander World got re- you know Conan Neutron. Got- I mean, he's shining.
5: It, for what it's worth, I think you were better than the Malcolm McDowell Loomis.
2: <laughs> Low barrier to cross. I'm sorry, Malcolm McDowell. Please forgive me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll love I love the Malcolm it. McDowell. Please come to the show, but no. I'll, honestly, though, I, I, really, I really, I
4: really, Loomis. really like, love just the players, Malcolm McDowell, where he's just threatening Tim I, Robbins. I was into that.
2: Uh, absolutely, where he's just and it's and he's like, I, yeah, you fucking dick, you know, like that kind of thing. Also, I love yeah. when he introduced Captain Beefheart on Saturday Night Live, which is part of his Saturday Night Live <laughs> intro only Twitter account. So anyway, but you whatever. know,
4: what, I I've i shared on this podcast when so I was in Texas and some guy was telling me about Bohemian Grove, um, and I was talking about Eyes Wide Shut, and he's like, oh, I fucking hate Eyes Wide Shut, and I was like, because I was watching it in when I was in um San Antonio, and then. Like Maria, my ex girlfriend, like we had, we met some guy she knew that she met up with in San Antonio. That was like this old guy. And I guess his cousin was like a famous jazz singer or something that had passed away. And the guy was like, Oh, well, he, my cousin took me to Bohemian Grove and Mal- Malcolm McDowell was sitting there. And I had like a conversation with Malcolm McDowell. And he was like, I really hate Eyes Wide Shut because like it doesn't tell, it doesn't tell stories about that kind of place at all or something. And I was like, This sounds like the, like the beginning of the plot of, Isle. like it sounds like Eyes Wide Shut could have taken off from here. Like, oh, it's yeah. like. A- <laughs> Did he go? So Malcolm piss on McDowell a tree? is yeah, a member of Bohemian Grove. Is that what? we Apparently, we're saying? apparently,
2: <laughs> apparently, they, they they pee on a lot of trees too. Is what I understand.
4: I mentioned it on Eyes Wide Shut, and my ex girlfriend got very upset that I mentioned that I had met someone that had known Malcolm McDowell and 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 was in Bohemian Grove. And she's like, he might die now, and I was like, I don't. I didn't, you know. That
5: that could be like a sequel to *A Clockwork Orange*. The Droogies go to Bohemian Grove.
4: Yeah, well, though the, the, the thing is that the thing is that he's been paid off by the government at the end of *Clockwork Orange*, so he yeah, could yeah, work he his sure. way up the bureaucracy.
2: He's <laughs> he's like working for the reactionary conservative government.
4: Yeah. Well, that's kind of what he's doing at the end, right? They kind of yeah. bribe him, and you don't know whether he takes the bribe or not. And maybe well, in the book, does. you
2: do, but that's a different story.
4: Yeah, the the book goes on about a chapter too long. All right, old Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> Who's
2: next? JG Michael, is that All you? All right. I don't
4: um, know where he wants to go. I don't I don't know. I don't you know. I don't know. I, I think I said what I want I'm conflict adverse, so I
3: haven't said anything yet about it, so I, I, I think All right. old oh, Loomis did yeah. it um no i i uh you know absolutely th- you know part of the reason why when i suggested doing the, the you know tr- doing like a genre thing and and suggested slashers like you know first one psycho second one was halloween
4: i paid you fifty dollars not to tell anybody that that was your idea so i could see you- <laughs> um you rat bastard <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: yeah but but the, it, there, there is an absolute reason why like you know psycho and halloween are are both you know Uh, So because they're genre breakers, you know, this, this, you know, where where Psycho came out of um, uh, noir and uh, suspense and created, you know, the proto slasher. This came out of um, exploitation films of the 70s and created the slasher film.
4: Um, And they they both kind of in some ways come out of, you know, I mean, people creating them wanting to try something different that is going to attract attention to it. I mean, which kind of is an amazing uh formula that gets just beat to death with not so good versions of that but like yeah i, I think that everything really specifically alfred hitchcock did kind of got beat to death i mean you know john carpenter has had a very um a very diverse career and i respect the fuck out of him for that but like you know at least alfred hitchcock's like suspense thing like you know because he's he gives like you can find so many lectures where he's just explaining how suspense works and any movie that like copies an Alfred Hitchcock movie, you assume they haven't watched any of the videos that where Alfred Hitchcock explains how suspense works. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs>
3: but but no, I mean it, it is an absolute like like classic because of that. And, and um, just you know, I'll, I'll uh, read what I, I said off of uh, Letterbox for Halloween twenty eighteen. I liked it better when it was called Terminator Two Judgment Day. Um, I thought I thought it was. Uh, uh, you know, I liked. Don't get me wrong. I liked. I liked the 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 uh, twenty eighteen version. I think there was a lot of things that that they. could more were. like Sarah
4: Connor's. Um,
3: I think. I think they should be a buddy movie where uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Sarah Connor teams up, and they have to fight the shape, which is actually and, a time traveling and android played by Ronald Schwarzenegger and Nick and Ross. and the little black oh, kid so. from the movie and. <laughs>
4: So you know Jamie Lee Curtis, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Sarah Connor, and Gary Coleman.
3: Yeah,
2: exactly. You got,
3: you got a movie
4: right
2: <laughs> <now>. <laughs> the fact that that's, Gary Coleman died. That's a perfect uh, casting. Yeah,
4: he's he's been reborn. No, but like that that no that 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 kid was very adult about his dialogue. That's yeah, like, yeah, no, it was, it was very like, much like Gary great. Coleman on,
3: on different strokes. It was just very you know just a one. What you talking about, Willis
2: Short, of being a full Gary Coleman?
4: He said, "What you talking about, Vicky?" Look,
2: look! You never go full Gary Coleman.
4: No. <laughs> oh God! If I if I drink the way that I did on this podcast, I'm gonna cancel the Tropic Thunder one. But anyway, <laughs> you're gonna be in the
2: big win category. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, Dave no. I just,
4: Dave Chappelle did nothing wrong.
3: And, and I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy that the Halloween 2018 movie. I just felt like it was just it was very obvious what they were trying to do, and they didn't quite do anything new with it. Um, which is kind of a shame.
2: Yeah, but it was I just, mean, I it was, don't, don't it was anyway, nostalgia. It, it, it felt it, it was, like a Halloween movie to me,
4: which is it, yeah, hasn't for a no,
3: I'll, I'll give you right. that. No, it was nostalgia. It hit in all the right
4: ways. It was, you know, and even it wasn't just nostalgia though. I mean, I, like, I, I think. Oh that, come on! Don't
3: take money. Don't take. You know what was it? They like making references. There is there is a lot of callbacks to that play. movie.
4: No, I right. I didn't say <sighs> that there's no nostalgia. There's a lot of nostalgia. I just don't think it's just nostalgia. I think that the fact. That, I like, think
3: there was a lot of nostalgia that that drove the movie forward, and I and yeah. I don't think there was. Uh, th- I mean, there were some new things in there, like like the music absolutely, you know, was phenomenal. How they how they kind of like updated that and really brought that forward, but but you know, um, uh, it kind of missed the subtle critique of of um, uh, suburban living uh, that that the original one had, and, and um, uh, it, it just it was is missing a lot of the stuff that made this one uh, the, the first one great.
2: Um, they're focusing on the trauma, right? The trauma was a you know. thing. Yeah. That's like, what yeah. It was it's, like it's the first
4: one doesn't really like touch like I mean besides the, the the scream, the famous scream that Jamie Lee Curtis gives, like doesn't really touch the trauma of it. And I I think that I think that this movie was kind of driven like the 2018 version was kind of driven by Jamie Lee Curtis. Like she like if you watch interviews with her, which I've had to do quite a few of, and she keeps trying to sell me yogurt. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Acti- <laughs> um, No, but, like, if you if you go through a lot of that, like, I think a lot of it comes from her. She has some very deep thoughts about where, like, where Lori's been in, in, in that amount of time. And I, I did like the fact that... I Something that I really liked about the 2018 one is that it wasn't just like, oh, well, her daughter is also... Traumatized by this in the same way is that her daughter is traumatized by her trauma, and the trauma travels generationally, but like yeah. not in the way that like liberals are like, oh, generational trauma, blah blah blah. Like no, like the, conceivably not speaking, the like, way. like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, child protective services took her away. That is a fucking traumatizing thing to happen fe- to any kid. You know what I mean? Like the the idea that like she's an alcoholic and she's drinking in front of them. The idea that the, the, the that her daughter even has trauma from watching like both wanting to know her grandma better and the, the fact that like her her uh, her her mother is just completely traumatized by her mother and it's just like i want to just have my like have my normal job and my normal like really boring husband like i don't want to which they didn't really react to the fact that the husband died which is a little <laughs> bit weird but <laughs> yeah it's kind of a but non-starter like- right
3: well is the peanut butter was just such a turnoff to everybody that, that you know it's like when he gets killed well, i'm glad like, he can't rape no, our dog. whatever anymore. no more peanut butter on his penis
4: i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad our dog isn't licking my husband's penis anymore let's 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 move on he, he has closet space <laughs> <laughs>
5: so i, I want to ask you guys all one question that just popped in my head and then uh that, that'll be the last thing but i, I was just curious um uh, I mean, Forrest, I should ask, am I allowed to do this? It's your show.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't you know, I've lost it. <laughs>
5: Okay, well, I wanted to ask, so when I was growing up, you know, every Halloween, October-ish, uh, AMC would be showing all the Halloween movies. And the ones they showed the most were the fourth and the fifth one with uh, Daniel Harris as Jamie Lloyd, the little girl. And maybe it's just nostalgia because I grew up on those movies in particular, but I've always had a soft spot for the Daniel Harris Halloween movies. I, w- I was wondering what people think of those.
4: I haven't seen them. They're <laughs> okay. I, mean, I,
5: I guess I'm the only one that likes them.
3: <laughs> I, I'm not saying that they're be- like, they had some interesting was, ideas, but the whole psychic yeah. connection thing was
5: just weird. The fifth and- one is not is not that good. I thought yeah. the fourth one was yeah. was pretty uh, decent. Yeah, it,
3: it was like they, like they had some good ideas, but. Uh, uh, Trying, trying to like draw it forward within the whole like connection to um you know the very ending of the the fourth one where she kills uh, uh her 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 new fo- you know her foster mom and boilers and, uh, and the clown costume Damn, um the same clown costume that 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 michael myers wore was just like um interesting and you know kind of interesting and then they didn't do anything with it and and except no to, they just
5: retcon it almost yeah yeah
3: it, it just um I don't know. It was like some interesting ideas that never really went anywhere, and then because uh, the fifth one set up the whole, uh, ideas. you know, drew it. The sixth one too,
5: right? And Doctor yeah. Loomis is like an abuser of children in that movie.
3: Yeah, it's oh man, they're so weird. Yeah. Rest for that plot twist. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, I don't know. I could I could have called it coming. Well, no, I, I like so Halloween. So that's my final
8: thought.
4: <laughs> Um. All right. Well, thank you for discussing so much here. Um, Thanks for listening
2: to all seventeen hours of this show.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if I talked to
2: everyone and kept this one going long.
4: As as we break down every single Halloween, anything that's ever come out next (laughs) week, we'll be talking about every toy that's ever come out. We'll be rating them for an hour, (laughs) an hour apiece. Oh, my God.